the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. I'm the director of local ministries here at True Talk 800 and also at 93.9 KPDQ, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish, which brings me to our very special guest today. His name is James Blind, rhymes with Penn. He's the concert coordinator of Salem Communications Portland. And Fish Fest is just right around the corner. And like myself, James is another transplanted Long Island New Yorker, to which I say no one actually says Long Island. So don't make that joke, friends. But James, thank you for being a good friend as well as being well, a re- great guy. The, re- the reason nobody says Long Island is because, I mean, let's face it, if you're from Long Island, you just refer to it as the island. That's true. So it, you never get to the long part. It's just, hey, you're going out to the island? As opposed to Staten Island, which is like the uh, ugly stepchild to the other five boroughs, or the other four boroughs of New York. That's not New York City. It's just its well, own You thing. know, it's because it has these smelly dumps there. But... Well, there is that. But and... yes, Fish Fest coming up. I'm excited about it. We're mere eight days away. Now, Fish Fest is going to be on Saturday, August 16th. And for a change, we are going to Riverfront Park in Salem with a killer lineup, which I thank this team and staff for, but especially you. So can you tell us about your history with this group at Salem Communications Portland? Well, let's see. Um, I, I, I am often refer to myself jokingly as a James of all trades, uh, you know, good at a few, not great at any. Uh, but um, in, in addition to doing the concert coordinator, of course, I produced the Georgine Rice Show. And um, I, I, the assistant program director for the two KPDQs, and I also do some other things for the fish. Um, concert coordinating has been on my plate for a couple of years now, as I was involved with concert promotions for many, many years prior to, uh, prior to, and aside from uh, working here at Salem Communications for several concert promoters in in the Northwest. And so a couple of years ago, as Fish Fest continued to grow, and as the concerts that the fish does continued to grow. They wanted to bring somebody in that had some knowledge and some expertise that could focus more on that. And um, as I hid in the closet, somebody uh, uh, ratted me out and said, hey, he knows what he's doing. And it, it, it wound up on my plate. But I, it, it's fun. I love doing it. So what act was your first to promote for Salem, Portland? I'm curious. The first one. Do you remember the first show that you did? The first show that I did running the show? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been back in 2011. Um, and that would have been a Big Daddy Weave tour. Big Daddy Weave. So Big does, Daddy Weave at, I think we did it up at Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver that time. Does it make you feel good to see Big Daddy Weave still going strong today? You know, it was one of those things, and Big Daddy Weave, I've always enjoyed. I've always thought as a good group that never has necessarily caught on as well as I would have hoped it would have. And when we did that show, I'll be honest, not as many people showed up as I would have hoped. And I kind of thought... Am I seeing the end of Big Daddy Weave? And which is a shame because they're great guys, great band. My goodness, their heart for ministry is phenomenal. And I, I was like, well, you know, it's been it's been a good run. They've been around for ten years. I mean, that's a good run for a band. I mean, 
And then in the last two, three years, they have found this tremendous second wind. This absolutely amazing, a couple of truly amazing songs that they've been blessed with to, to communicate to the people. And it, it, it has caused a renaissance, if you will, of Big Daddy Weave. And we had them, um, it was what, October of last year. You know, no, I take that back. That was a different show. I'm thinking of uh, March of this year we had them at New Hope over here in Clackamas. And we had nearly double the crowd we did when we did the show three years previously. And um, the uh, you know, I, I said to them, I said, you know, we could do even more people and minister to more people if you come back more often. Because quite honestly, word of mouth is an important thing. When you have a band that has such a ministry focus like Big Daddy Weave, they're really needing the word of mouth. If you see Big Daddy Weave and you enjoy them, you tell people about them. But if it's two to three years before they come back, you know. I think that was that band I really liked. They've you know, lost the buzz. And the they've lost the buzz and the excitement. And so I can't say much yet, but they may be back sooner than three years this next time. Hmm, so we'll have to keep our ears open on that one. We have to one. keep your ears open on that one. But uh, I really enjoy it. It's, it's funny. A lot of the people we work with after a show, the bands or their management will send out a survey um, to the promoters and say, you know, did the band represent Christ well? Was the ministry of the evening, and ministry is very important. Christian music is a business because there are bottom lines, and you know, there's just some things in the world are unavoidable. People have to get paid for their for their services, their time, their equipment. Um, so there's always going to be a business aspect, but uh, you know, there's ministry is still the forefront focus. And um, one of the questions is, did the ministry of the band meet your expectations? And I answered no on that, and which immediately got a question, seriously? And I said, yes, and here's why. They so far exceeded my expectations, which were already high for a ministry evening. It was so powerful. It was so God-glorifying. I mean, these guys spent an hour after the show was over. Before they would go out to their table to autograph for the fans that were lining up, they, one by one, everybody who wanted or needed prayer— with a band member or a touring member. I mean, the entire touring company, the people backstage, they all came out and prayed with literally hundreds of people. And, you know, Christian music has changed a lot in the last 20 years. You don't see that anymore. You don't see that type of approach anymore. And there are very few artists that will take the time to invest in their audience that heavily. And, you know, they'd hand you a card afterwards to keep in contact, let us know how your prayer requests are going. And and all those type of things, and they're so genuine, so sincere, that I couldn't say yes because my expectations were exceeded so heavily. So I hope they interpreted your positive They did. Feedback. Yes, I made sure well. that, that was that, that was very well explained. And they were they were, they were very honored and blessed that, that you know that it was that positive of an experience for us. So, you know, Big Daddy Weave, um, uh, it's you know, not only being the first show I run ran here at the fish um, it also holds a good amount of pride for me in knowing that they're truly, truly the real deal. It's refreshing to see that. And sometimes we see things like, uh, I'm sure by now you've heard of the story about the Christian rockers, As I Lay Dying, I believe. Yes. Where they, they mm-hmm. came out and admitted that they weren't actually Christian. And I find that surprising because I would think that for a rock act, there might be more opportunities to step outside of the Christian realm than pretend while you're in it. So maybe there was a bit of undue pressure put onto them as, um, dare I say, like baby Christians or those seeking that was kind of 
unnecessary, yes. and they put a great amount of pressure on them. And God bless them wherever they are. May the Word of God truly, deeply rooted, seek into their hearts. You know, I, I think for for me, you know, that the, there's always the you know, are there are there wolves in sheep's clothing out there? And I mean, I think the reality of it is, is with any form of ministry, the answer is yes, because obviously we're all human. We're 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 wearing that human skin as we go through our day to day lives, and we are we are a fallen people, uh, saved by grace, but fallen by nature. And the, the reality of it is, is yeah, there absolutely are bands out there, and have been bands out there. Like as I lay dying, um, you know. Not many of them would go to the extreme, obviously, that their lead singer did in attempting to, uh, you know, have his wife, uh, ex-wife, assassinated, um, you know, or allegedly. But thankfully, um, that's not common. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's extremely uncommon. It usually does not go to that uh, extreme, but unfortunately, the stereotype does. And you, you look at, you know, you look at the industry as a whole. It's like mainstream media. Well, you know, uh, the Christian rockers, they're, they're all fakes. And, uh, clearly, cause they're all like, as, as I like dying. And, you know, it, the, the worst part is that, uh, you know, maybe they got a little bit ahead in the music world and got some attention, but they took down a whole bunch of people in the process that are doing God's work and doing it in a glorifying way. And that's the most disappointing for me. But the story's not over yet. And it would no. be remiss of us to not mention the great artists that are coming to Fish Fest. And we did, you should be proud of your lineup. So would you like oh, to repeat that for us? You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm proud of it, but, um, you know, I, I'm excited about it. Um, we we open up the afternoon uh, with our, our Fish Fest. Um, we have an opening act winner, and um, they're playing first. Then we got Trip Lee, Britt Nicole, Red, Jeremy Camp, and Mercy Me as our co-headliners, and it's going to be awesome. More information on that is obviously on our website, the Fish. Portland.com and more with James Blind on Difference Makers next on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. Clark Hilton is across the glass right now. And my very special guest is also known as the producer of The Georgine Rice Show on 93.9 KPDQ, as well as here on True Talk 800. His name is James Blind, and he's also wearing another hat as Salem Communications Group of Portland's concert coordinator. So if you've enjoyed any of the sh- major Fish Fest-level shows that you've seen over the years, you can thank James for them. And we're very excited about—what um, was that thing coming up next weekend, James? Um, I, I, what was that again? Oh, yeah, Fish Fest. Fish Fest is coming to Riverfront Park in Salem. Tickets yes. are still on sale, and it's really— Admirable that you were able to take people's suggestions over the years and hone them down into something that's going to be the biggest, greatest fish fest ever just a week from Saturday. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, that you hear about it, it's it, people want a lot of music and they want to hear that music from their favorite artists. So what we've done, we've had a, a lot more artists in previous years and every one of them has been Amazing. I mean, there. You know, we 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 try to bring the best possible music we can for Fish Fest. Uh, this year, we decided to bring a little less of that great music, but give you more at the same time. Um, and uh, I, I I like to refer to it as the leaner, meaner Fish Fest. And um, you know, the the idea being is you know you see somebody who you really enjoy, and then they play for fifteen minutes, and they're done. And you know, it, it's it's great because you get to see a new artist for fifteen minutes, but it leaves you really, really wanting more. And so what we were able to do this year by having less artists and not really shortening the day all that much is have them perform longer sets. Now, like For example, if Mercy Me had been at Fish Fest last year, 
they would have done probably a little over an hour because of, and the artist before them uh, uh, you know in this case would have been Jeremy Camp but last year was 10th Avenue North and would have done just a little under an hour uh, this year they're you know our two headliners are doing an hour and a half a piece that's good stuff because I personally enjoyed my experiences going to the larger festival type things um, or the big all day ten dollars at the door type events like Rock and Worship Roadshow or like Winter Jam. And I admired the big established bands for bringing up the up and comers. Right. That being said, you'd rather see, uh, in my opinion, if you were at a, a big all day event with your family, you'd rather see a longer set of your favorite artists and maybe a little bit of someone on the new side, right? You know, you know I th- I like to think of tours like Winter Jam and Roadshow, which are both wonderful, wonderful tours. And we're so blessed to not only get one of them, but both of them in Portland these days. Um, that um, I kind of look at them as kind of... They're, they're, if you go to the, the, uh, the Olive Garden, they have the Tour of Italy plate. And it's this large plate with a you know chicken parm and lasagna and and uh, something else I forget off the top of my head what the third item is. Basically, it's a sampler plate, and I kind of look at that as that's what those tours are. They're giving you a sampler. I was out there um, for the road show back in January, and they had Third Day and Skillet, and you know thirty five minutes each from Third Day and Skillet just didn't do it for me and. That's because I've been fans of both of those bands for 17, 18, 19 years. And, you know, I want to hear more. And it doesn't mean I want to hear less from those other bands. But, you know, it. so to be able to bring essentially what I consider a full concert experience. If you go see Jeremy Camp headlining his own tour, he's out there for an hour and a half. If you see Mercy Me on, on a headlining tour, they're out there for an hour and a half. So that's what we're giving you. Reminds me of the old Saturday morning cartoons. Do you remember the Super Friends? Oh, well, yeah. First, they started off in the Hall of Justice, and they had Wendy Marvin and Super Dog, or Wonder Dog. Thank you. And then after that, it it was the them against the Legion of Doom, and it was like fifty superheroes versus fifty supervillains every episode, and you couldn't get into one because it was like you were trying to keep up with them and remember too many who plots. Did what. Too many plots. Exactly. And that's, so that's so that's why it was like, what what if we Focus on getting five bands that people really want to see, including some genres that the fish doesn't necessarily play. Uh, we don't play a lot of rock and we don't play a lot of rap. I'll be honest, we don't. Despite I know people will ask us occasionally why we don't. Uh, you know, and that that's a that's a discussion to have with Chris Kelly, our PD, who does an amazing job with the fish. He does what he does extremely, he extremely is well. Extremely wonderful guy who does an extremely great job. I mean, the, everybody that's involved in putting what goes on the air on the fish is top-notch at what they do. So, Agreed. I mean, I totally get why they don't, and there's certain, there are different places for different music. But Fish Fest is the opportunity to have a festival for the whole family, so music that you wouldn't necessarily hear on on the fish, um, you, you'll get to hear at Fish Fest. And, uh, you know, the, um, you know the, the, two big, the, the, the two big exceptions here for, for this lineup are... Tripoli, who is has a very quickly growing um, fan base in the in the world of of Christian rap, and uh, um, he is um, he's somebody that we've worked with before. We had him on a tour a couple of years ago, and we really were impressed with not only his his skill at rap music, but his heart for the Lord. He really really blew us away, and uh, we were excited to be able to bring him back. And then Red, 
I mean, red, I am really excited about. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm getting to be a little bit older, Mike. I'm getting to be a little bit older, and the music for the kids doesn't always, you know, that doesn't always necessarily hit me as well as it used to. I, you wouldn't have found me prior to everything going on listening to an As I Lay Dying CD. Um, but red, they are so good. They're and very, very good live. They're amazing well. live. They are, you know, they are absolutely wonderful live. The one disappointment I have is uh, just because of the time of the day and whatnot. Red likes to use what we call in the biz pyro, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know basically things involving fire. Uh, and unfortunately, because of the time of day and various other regulations, uh, we're not able to do that. But I guarantee you, they will make up for it with an amazing show, and they'll be out there for an hour. On a sunny afternoon in Oregon. Afternoon, Oregon. I, I suppose even the hardcore Red fans might be happy to do it without the extra heat of the pyrotechnic. I think so. I mean, and that's the thing. It's, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, a glitzy, glamoury show that you see on tour is cool, but it really comes down to is the music. And, you know, with all of these artists, the music stands on their own. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. I mean, you know, you look at an artist like Brit Nicole. This is the third time she's with us at Fish Fest. Same with Jeremy, for that matter. But Brit, her heart, um, her popularity, her appeal, um, and she is, I mean, what you see on stage, what you see when you get into her autograph line, when you talk to her, she's 100% the real deal. Um, and probably one of the sweetest people I've met in 20 years in this industry. It's really refreshing to see that. And my initial experience with Brit Nicole was thinking to myself, okay, here is another, and I don't say this in a negative sense, as much as my putting them into a category. Here's another Rebecca St. James type pop princess. Mm-hmm. Until I saw a video of her at a Sandy Patty, um, it was um, a, a medley, and all these different current singers of today were taking a different Sandy Patty tune and singing along in this huge medley. And Britt was either the last or the second to last. And she just blew the others out of the water. I oh, mean, her it, voice it was Britt so Nicole powerful. and everybody else doing a tribute to Sandy Patty. You know, it, it, we're also in this age where a lot of artists her age uh, and younger, I mean, you know, basically artists in their 20s, and I'm not going to name mainstream counterpounds like Britney Spears by name, uh, but... Uh, they 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 use this thing called auto tune, and you know a lot of them use it for effect. Some of them use it to cover up for the fact that their voice isn't as strong as the people would like you to believe it to be. But at the end of the day, Brit has a tremendously powerful voice, a wonderful singing voice, but is completely trumped by her heart and her fire for the Lord. And she uses her talents whereas she could use them elsewhere to minister what, to what God has put on her heart, which would be the teenage girl said. And she did it so well. I mean, last time we had her in 2012, um, nearly a third of the audience got in line for her autograph afterwards. We had to unfortunately cut the line off at one point just because it was too long. It, cro- it crossed across a football field and down half of a track. Um, and the reason it gets so long is because if you need it, she will pray with you. Right there, right then. She will take that time. And if you tell her, you know, we don't have time for prayer, she doesn't want to do it at all because that's her, that's her ministry. All those girls that come along, you know, whether it be anything from, you know, serious, uh, you know something trivial like, you know, I, I gained too much weight and my new shirt doesn't fit, uh, to something to my mother died or my brother committed suicide or you know, anything, anything. She will sit there and pray, and it's so genuine. And it's so emotional 
because you can see the deep meaning that it has for the, the the person who's who's requesting the prayer that somebody I look up to uh, and some you know and and we can get into a discussion of role models I mean I don't think that's necessarily important here but to, to know the power of 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 that I know I know that uh, I can speak personally um uh had some personal tragedy in my own life uh, recently and the um one of the things that trickled down to me in the day or two after from a mutual friend was that I was being prayed for by Dr. Dan Lockwood, the former president of Multnomah University, who I knew was in his last days. Um, he, he, was, he was getting ready to go home to see the Lord, and uh, he'd had a long battle with cancer, which we certainly discussed quite a bit, and um, you know, certainly a fairly well-publicized thing. I'm not certainly not sharing anything that, that people didn't know. Uh, but um, to know that that man in his in his last days took time to pray for me, I kind of understand. It kind of helped me understand uh, of all the people that I heard were praying, and it was every one of them was touching. But to know someone who was preparing to see the Lord and by every right would have something else on their mind was praying for me touched me. And I really believe that's kind of on a different scale in a different way how these girls, mostly girls, see Brit praying for them, and so I, I truly understand the meaning it has for them, and we we've made we've made uh, certain a, a accommodations uh, for this year to make sure that we have a place to put that line, so as many people as she can get to can get to her. Well, fortunately, Salem's Riverfront Park is accommodated in the sense that we're not going to have her cut over a track and a football field exactly. and go around the block. Makes it a little harder to measure it for people's imagination, but uh, you know, it 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 definitely. Um, is a great place, and I have to say, I mean, I, I, I know that uh, you know a lot of people listen that are in Salem, and I have been so humbled and amazed by the reception that we've gotten from the community in Salem. They must have heard that Adam's Rib Smokehouse is going to be serving food there as well. Hey, you know, I'm, I, I, I have heard much about them. I have not had the opportunity to taste them myself. But I will. You will enjoy not only oh, Adam's yes. Mode has, but a Trip Lee, Red, Brit Nicole, and co-headliners Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp. Coming up on Saturday, August 16th, 2.30 p.m. It starts, but doors open at 1 at Riverfront Park in Salem for Fish Fest 2014. You won't want to miss it, and you can find a lot more details on it on the website, thefishportland.com. More with James ben Blend next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. The sounds of Brit Nicole on Difference Makers on True Talk 800 as we interview the concert coordinator, James Blend, for Fish Fest coming up on Saturday, August 16th at Riverfront Park in Salem, also featuring co-headliners Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp, in addition to Brit Nicole with The Rockers Red and Trip Lee. So, James, thanks so much for being our special guest today. Are you excited about this year's Fish Fest in particular? Absolutely. I mean, I think you're always looking at uh, you know the, this year's Fish Fest, although I will I will say, while being able to say nothing about it whatsoever detail-wise, I have already started on next year's. So I, I, it's a little bit of a balancing act. But, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this year's. It's just eight days away, and... As much as I'm looking forward to eight days from now, I will admit there is a part of me that's really looking forward to nine days from now um, when I'm able to relax. <laughs> Does it revolve any clothing that are be colored yellow and black? Uh, striper? Yeah, that'd be great. Striper at Fish Fest? Someday. Oh, there you go. No. <laughs> 
You know, I, I think for for me, I, I, I've seen Striper uh, actually in recent years. They still put on a good show, but they most uh, certainly do. The uh, they, they, I think they always kind of see themselves as the the street corner preachers of Christian music. Um, I, 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 they don't really see their ministry as being to the church; it's to the unsaved. So, true. Uh, it, the bassist Timothy Gaines, in particular, yeah. likes to do the the rock festival type things. Yeah, they, they prefer the that. They, they prefer that. I mean, so them doing Christian music festivals is fairly rare. But uh, you know, it, um, I'm always open to suggestions because there's always you know it, there's never a lack of ideas. But uh, it, you know, certainly having someone else's perspective is always good. So I mean, well, as a product of the hairband '80s in the the metal scene before it was knocked off by grunge. I became very strongly attached to a lot of their songs. And so that's why I'm encouraged that even though the fish is not prone to play band, the band red, right. Okay. Red's going to be there because red can bring it. They're great live and, and it fits what our audience would want to see. So I'm thankful. Well, about and that's that. the thing. I mean, for example, Brit Nicole, we do play Brit Nicole on the fish and we, we love Brit and we, we, we work with her as often as we can because you know, as talked about in the last segment, um, the, the reality of it is, is most of her music is not necessarily geared to the fish's audience, but you know, the reality of it is, is that, uh, you know, we are safe for the whole family and this is the event for the whole family. So, you know, we know, we recognize that the whole family doesn't listen to the same music. I know when I was growing up, I mean, while I, I developed an appreciation with them later in life, you know, I wasn't necessarily interested in listening to Buddy Holly with my mom, you know, I mean, or, or the Beatles with that. I mean, you know, they're just, you know, again, develop appreciation later down the road. But, you know, John Denver wasn't really doing it for me when I was 12. So, well, I mean, don't you say know, that. That's one of Pam's all time favorites. My well, wife adores him, but I digress. Well, OK, know, so, so Mr. Concert, I, I, still get, I still get grandma's feather bed stuck in my head sometimes. So it's all good. So who but, was your first concert growing up? My first concert. And you'll know this venue well. Was at the Jones Beach Amphitheater on Long Island. Because we are both Long Island, yep. New Yorkers mm-hmm. at heart. I, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the band Chicago in 1987. And, and so that was in the Peter Cetera age. That was post-Peter. It was, just it post. Was after he it just was left. Just, it was right out, his, the first album after he left. Where they had a string of about 12 hits that you could just play them back to back at anyone's wedding in the late 80s, early 90s, and make just one long song out of it. Well, I think that was the same. I mean, uh, you could do that with the power ballads, too, of about five or six different bands put together. I mean, the 80s, I mean, I look at, I, I, you know, as, as a child of them, uh, I still look at that as a great era of music, uh, but... Uh, you know, the, the formulas were, you know, there were quite a few formulas that were used and used and used. I still can't tell a Michael Bolton song apart from another. And I think as a result of that, we could see nowadays how much the Christian music industry has grown to a level where it's not a flagrant ripoff of a secular song with a Christianese verse in it. Because I no, think... No, it, it, I think that, that that really started occurring, I mean, I mean... You know, because there are any number of hair bands that you could equivalent Striper to. Not that they were out there ripping people off, but, you know, White Lion, Poison, Bon Jovi. I mean, you know, they all kind of, they all kind of, in the mainstream world, There was a derivative of, sound to it. There was a sold. derivative, it, yeah. It made business sense. But, I mean, what it really changed for me, at least in listening to Christian music, was 1995 when a little band called Jars of Clay came on the scene in Christian music and did something that I remember I was a music director at the time and their CD hit my desk and I listened to the song flood for the first time and went, this is a great song. 
but it's too different. It'll never go anywhere. And I put the CD aside. And how little did you know at the time it was going to go huge? Because at the time, I was a rock DJ back in New York, and we actually had Flood on our playlist. Oh, and yeah. It was, it was everywhere. Then, this is before the hard drives and the next-gen system. So we would physically load the CDs and have to get the right single up. And lo and behold, overnight, I often, I guess, mistakenly or subconsciously wanted to play the version with a little violin interlude on the middle, which we weren't supposed to. So I apologize for that. But it was but, good. But yeah, I mean, so it I, I did redeem myself a couple of months later when a CD came in from another band. And I'm like, these guys are the next big thing. They're going to be huge. And it was third day. So I, I redeemed pick. myself a little bit there. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, they're, they're, every once in a while, you know, I'm kind of glad I'm not on that side of things anymore because you can get things wrong. Uh, my favorite story of that was uh, it was a song that had been a hit, a, a medium-sized hit, you know, maybe top 20 in Christian music. And uh, I was told, well, you know, you may want to start playing it again because we're going to be pushing it to mainstream radio. And it was it was an okay song. It was one of those emotional, heart-tugging songs. And I'm like, I literally said, well, good luck with that. Uh, the song was Butterfly Kisses. And oh, really? two weeks later, Bob Carlyle, the singer of that song, was on Oprah. So I was a wee bit off on gauging the uh, the uh, interest in the in the broader market of uh, butterfly kisses. That's really funny. At the time, I was at a, a gospel station playing a ridiculously all over the place Christian music show. So we'd play Blind Boys of Alabama and Mahalia Jackson next to Kirk Franklin next to King's X and Striper, which formatically people are cringing about right now. But at the time, I it am. was fun. <laughs> it, it was it was a free form Saturday. And Butterfly Kiss has actually made it across. So we did play it before anyone else did. So that kind of felt good. Remember the little uh, roller coaster sound effects at the beginning? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. couldn't stand that. But the song was, toy was great. Everybody loved piece it. at the beginning and stuff. And yeah, it was, that was, I, you know, when that thing went huge, it was it was one of those things for, for Christian music that, uh, you know, it's just another thing that, you know, thankfully, you know, got a few people, more people listening to Christian radio. And that's, you know, that's one of the cool things because it's like, you know, there have been some great songs that have crossed over, as they say, over the years. And hopefully the end result is it crossed a few people over with them on the way back. You know, it's funny you mentioned Chicago Peter Cetera because the connection there was Peter Cetera had asked a Christian artist named Amy Grant to do a duet with him. Do you remember yes. that? Oh, yeah. Next time I fall. So so maybe that helped boost her just a little bit in the secular world. And actually, she and Michael W. Smith are going to be playing the Washington State Fair this year in September. Can you believe that? That is, I mean, you know, even you know, even though, I mean, you know, it, there probably are years in past that it, that would have been, I mean, the hugest event of the year. It's still something special. It, it's, it's the still holy amazing. grail of Christian it, artists. It's like the, if the Beatles were still performing today, you I mean, would go it, and see them, whether or not they had anything current. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's like, you know, I look at that and go, oh, it's a Wednesday, I can't, or a Tuesday or something like that. So it's midweek, so I, I won't be able to go up there for it. But uh the it's one of those that you go oh that is a once in a lifetime kind of thing they don't do a lot of shows together they never really have since the mid eighties they've just both had such big careers they haven't needed to but well, they, did have, they did have that one friends tour they did several right. years back which is a really neat thing to see because I was privileged to be able to sit in on the VIP session before the concert and they genuinely were friends they enjoyed oh, each other's they company are. they it are was, it was the cutest thing. They really are. I mean, their their families are friends. They're friends. I mean, it's it's been, you know, there's a decades long friendship. I mean, thirty plus years they've known each other, and you know, it shows. I mean, they they almost speak their 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 own language between the two of them, and they're very you know very good decent people that that have been doing this for a long time, and and quite frankly, they're trailblazers. 
and I don't mean Portland, obviously, but uh, they they are trailblazers. Without Amy and Michael, I don't know that the fish is here. I, I don't know that the Christian music industry is what it is today. I don't know if I don't know if Christian music artists are playing anything larger than medium sized churches. I mean, the reality of it is, is you know, it, you know, obviously all the glory to God, but the two he seems to have used the most to advance this particular form of ministry are Amy and Michael. And maybe some of the next ones will be the current popular names like a Brit Nicole or a Mercy Me or a Jeremy Camp. Well, Mercy Me, I mean, you know, the thing about Mercy Me that, that that kind of, you know, we talk about that crossover thing is they've had some crossover success. Sure. Um, with songs I never would have imagined would fly at mainstream radio. So did you think I could only imagine wouldn't never. be big in a secular sense? Never in a million years because of how, I mean— Flagrantly Christian it is? I, yeah. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Michael W. Smith, when he had his crossover hit with Place in the World, very blatantly Christian song. Um, but, um, you know, it, but the reality of it is, is I can only imagine talking about heaven— Talking about being in heaven and showing and showing glory to God in, in your heavenly presence on a mainstream station, and that I mean, and then you know to have done that several times over with other songs um, that equally you know equally passionately are, are sold out for Christ. It what they've been able to do, unlike some of the others, is they've they've crossed over without what some people would call a watered down message, which I think is not really, I don't really share that opinion, but I mean, these are full on vertical songs. And it helps that musically they haven't been a one trick pony. They're really quite diverse in the amount of different types and styles of music that Mercy Me has become known for. So that's why we're thankful to have Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp, our co-headliners at Fish Fest 2014, Alongside Britt Nicole, the Rockers Red, and the rapper Trip Lee. More information and details. Tickets are still available at thefishportland.com. More with James Blinn, the concert coordinator, next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mercy Me is headlining Fish Fest alongside Jeremy Camp, and you're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with our very special guest, the concert coordinator of the event, my pal James Blind. Yes. James, good to have you aboard. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. This has been fun. And we've talked about the event. We've talked about the opportunity to perhaps bring friends, coworkers, neighbors, those who uh, are unfamiliar or prone to not like Christian music, because we've got five ringers here, in addition to the Rockers Red, who are very popular, not only on Christian rock charts, but on secular rock stations yeah, as well. Yeah, they definitely get some airplay. Yeah. Perhaps the the least known of these acts is well-known in the rap community, and his name is Trip Lee. Absolutely. No relation, thank you very much. And he's a part of the 116 click alongside Lecrae and Tadashi and KB and Andy Minio. And while, say, secular rappers like, say, Drake are hanging out with NBA players, these guys are hanging out with John Piper. So this is not it's, lukewarm, it's, you know, it, watercolored uh, rap without any substance to it. This does indeed point back to Christ, does it not? Absolutely. And I mean, I think the thing about it is, is our, our good friend and coworker who has had a show on here in, in, in previous, uh, David Lohman, is a big fans of these guys for their theologi- the- theological pursuits as much as, as, their, as their music. And the reality of it is, when you look at both of them, both sides, their music side and their theology side, they're legit. They're one hundred percent legit. I mean, they their 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 hearts are in the right place, their minds are in the right place, and they've got, as they say, the skills. 
I mean, these are guys that are at the absolute top of the of the heap in talent for, for rap. And I mean, I'm not the hugest rap guy myself. I do like, I, I certainly respect what they do. And I think they do it well. And I guarantee you that really any one of those guys, whether it's Trip, whether it's Andy, whether it's Lecrae, you know, if they quote unquote dropped the Christian message, as it were, which I know they never would, they would be on the top of the rap charts, period. I'm talking all of them. And the thing is, they're getting there anyway. Uh, Lecrae's last album when it came out last year was number two in the country the week of its release. Number two, not the number two Christian album, the number two album in the country. And I don't even think Toby Mac has done that. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, if it, uh, I know, I think Chris Tomlin has done it once, but he's definitely not rap. Um, so, I mean, the fact that, that Lecrae is able to do it, and I know Tadashi has also had a, a top 40 mainstream album debut, and, and uh, I think Andy Minio has a new album coming out shortly, which it's expected to do that as well. Um, so it, it's, you know, the fact is, even without dropping the message, they're still being recognized by their peers as one of the best in their field. And that's awesome. So maybe rap music isn't your forte or your first choice, but there certainly is an audience for it. Oh, absolutely. And it's not, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. You listen, we always talk nostalgically. You know, I mentioned Toby a moment ago, and we talk nostalgically about DC Talk a lot. And of course, everybody dreams that there's been into Christian music for any amount of time that someday that reunion tour will happen. But um, if you listen to early DC Talk, it sounds like a poor man's attempt at being DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, and not a very good one at that. And, you know, the reality of it is, is that just shows how far um, that the form has come to, to, you know, 20 years ago, we had Carmen rapping. He was the biggest rap artist in the market. And, well, let's face it, Carmen was not a rapper. Uh, but, uh, you know, that that's how far we've come to the point where you are on the cutting edge of, of an audience that is hungry for quality, quality rap. So it's good to see the variety coming to Fish Fest this year. And in addition to having fewer artists be able to play longer sets in the beautiful Riverfront Park in Salem, what's one of the most proud moments you're having of this year in particular? The the big thing I thought was, um, you know, it, it I, I felt like um, we could make it more affordable for the family than we even already had. I mean, la you know, last year you could you know, you could get a ticket for Fish Fest for about thirty five bucks, and for this lineup, Mercy Me, Jeremy Camp, Red, Brit, Nicole, Tripoli, I'd pay thirty five dollars to see that. But I wanted to see if there was a way we didn't even have to do that. And so I was really excited that we were able to cut the prices back to probably where they were about four years ago um, and really, really open the doors up for families to come out in mass. And I'd like to think that that's worked. And I'd like to think that a lot of people who previously hadn't been able to come are able to come now because of those prices. And the great part is if you're a grown up, it's going to cost you 20 bucks. If you're a 12 or under 12, between five and 12, it's going to cost you 10. And if you're younger than that, come on in on our, on us. And that's, and that's how you make it. You know, that's, that's, that's hopefully making it more affordable for the family um, and more affordable, you know, for more people to come out and to buy a ticket for your friend. 
or to buy a ticket for an unsafe friend or a safe friend that's not familiar with Christian music, all of those things become more affordable. And because this is the Pacific Northwest, we always expect people to do things at the last minute because nobody likes to RSVP or do things in advance. In which case, you could buy tickets at the gate, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are a little bit more. They'll be $30 for adults and $15 for kids. Still what I consider a very, very reasonable price, especially for last-minute entertainment. But uh, they will absolutely be available at the door, and you can buy them. But, you know, if if, if I were you, I, I you know, 5 o'clock next Friday is the deadline to get the uh, $20 rate. I, I would get my tickets before that. you got two paydays there, either this Friday or next. You know, to go on and, and get those tickets. So, I mean, I certainly would, I, you know, we know the weather's probably going to be a pretty nice day out there. So it, it's probably pretty safe at this point to make that purchase, knowing you're not going to get poured on. So maybe drag that coworker or next door neighbor along with you or your kid's uh, softball team mate, friend. No, to, thank you for it. Come on, because with the variety of artists that are going to be at Fish Fest 2014 this year, odds are good they'll like a solid one to three of them, I would think, no matter what genre of music they prefer, right? That was kind of the goal. I wanted to, you know, I wasn't going to put a rap artist on the bill just to put a rap artist on the bill. I wasn't going to put a rock band on the bill just to put a rock band on the bill. I wasn't going to put a female artist, you know, a pop, if you will, a pop artist uh, on the bill just to put a female pop artist on the bill. I was going to put on, you know, on the bill artists that people would want to see and would truly enjoy and would truly come to see. Uh, you know, and that's not to get people to buy tickets. I mean, obviously, buying tickets helps pay the bills and allows us to continue doing this. So, again, there's always that business element to it. But the reality of it is, is I wanted, you know, if if, if mom and dad were going to see Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp, and I'm, you know, 13, I, I wanted there to be something for that 13-year-old to enjoy, whether it's a boy or a girl. And they're going to enjoy Tripoli or Red or Brit. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's that's the reality of it. And and it's not going to be so out there and bizarre that mom and dad are going to be like, oh, boy, what have we gotten our kids into here? Uh, because the message is solid and, you know, the music is quality. It's not just screaming and loud. And there's some Christian bands that, bless them, they're doing wonderful things, but I can't understand a thing they're saying. So mm-hmm. I think they're doing it for the Lord, but I just can't understand it. Um, so, you know, it's like a different language. You know what? I have met at least one band that's very good at that and they flat out love God and are Oh, absolutely. But you know, when you're trying to impress when you're try, trying to impress mom and dad at the same time you're trying to impress the kids, it's it's a little tougher sell. Um not that I would never have somebody like that at, at Fish Fest, but for this one it really just read really resonated. I've honestly I've wanted them at Fish Fest for two or three years and we finally made it happen. Finally. Well it's good to see that. So Give us an idea who you might want to see in the future in our last minute or so. You know, it's it's one of those things that it, it's tough to say because you never know who's going to come on the scene in the next year or two. I think uh, you know one thing I can one thing I could tell you is that you know there are a lot of artists we have this year that we'll have back. Uh, probably not next year, but we'll have them back. I mean, because you know I I can't see going three or four years without having Red back, for example, or Brit. I, I would do I would do fish fest with Brit every year if she'd let us. Uh, but uh, you know, got to get some variety in there too. So but, Brit, if you're listening, we're open. <laughs> absolutely. So I mean, I, I'm just you know, starting to look at those lists and see who's available, and hopefully by maybe the end of October, we'll be able to make some announcements over on the fish. Thank you so much, my dear friend and concert coordinator James Blind of Fish Fest 2014, Oregon's biggest Christian music festival, featuring Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp as co-headliners alongside Brit Nicole. Red and Trip Lee coming Saturday, August 16th. 
Riverfront Park in Salem is the location, and you can find the availability to buy tickets or more details and information at thefishportland.com. Thank you, Clark Hilton, across the glass, and thank you for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.